Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM. We have been talking about spiritual. How many have been blessed by spiritual appraisal? Amen. I, I, I gave all the young people who are in the, in the service, they should re- have received their very first church notebook. We, we're so invested in our children. Um, you should have received If you did not, we'll make sure we give that to you. But it's a notebook to kind of help take notes. How many know as a child, you need to learn how to take notes, learn how to be comfortable in the church? Amen. Um, there, there's children. Has, they're all, when I was a kid, I always had a special place in my heart for children. Um, many of y'all know that I'm from Arkansas, and I used to gather my friends around and um, have the guitar. And um, I was going to bring it today, Christina, and I was going to actually lead worship a little bit because <laughs> my wife wasn't. She wasn't supposed to be here, but. Thank God for the anointing. <laughs> Amen. And, and so um, I used to have this guitar, and I used to sing unto the Lord. And, you know, the Bible didn't say make a, um, a beautiful noise, but just a joyful noise. And, and so I gather these kids around, get to see the house this morning, and, and just, just singing and preaching and teaching. And, yeah, that's what I grew up with. So uh, today we're going to talk about spiritual appraisal, developing generational faith. Developing generational faith. Uh, there's a lot of materials out there in, in, as it relates to developing um, generational wealth. It's, it's wonderful to, see, to, to have that wisdom, and I hope we're taking advantage of that. I hope we're thinking about the, the generations to come and not just thinking about now. We know that we need wisdom to, for this generation. We need the wisdom of God. We're contending for the faith to be passed down to our children. Um, many parents are having a challenging time passing the faith down. We, we, we pass debt down. Uh, we pass generational curses down. We, we pass other things down, bad habits, and maybe some good habits But we need the wisdom of God to successfully pass the faith down. And it it takes us being intentional. We have to be intentional in passing the faith down. It's very challenging to do that. And and we're living in some some crazy times. Let's go over to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. And let's look at this battle that uh, Paul lists here at the conclusion of his epistle to the church of Ephesus. Verse 10, it says, Finally, my brothers, or excuse me, finally be strong, finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes, the schemes of who? The devil. Diabolo. How do you say that in Spanish? Help me out. How do you say the devil? There you go. <laughs> um, to stand against the schemes of the devil. Now, that word schemes means the plots. How many know the devil has some plots? And he, he wants you. He wants your children. He wants your house. He wants your things. He wants your everything about you. That's what the enemy, he, that's what he does. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And verse 12 says, For we wrestle not 
against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. And here Paul is listing the authorities or the ranks of the satanic kingdom. We, we, we are not wrestling with mere men and women, but we're wrestling against the spiritual and wickedness of this age. So they are after our children. They're after our nephews and our nieces and our cousins. They, they, they have an agenda, and we have to be filled with the wisdom of God to win our children. Win our nephews and nieces and win our little cousins. And it goes, and says, therefore, take up to, to yourself the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. When is the evil day? The day that evil visits you. Mm-hmm. Having done all to stand, stand firm. Stand therefore, stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes. For your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. And all circumstances take up the shield of faith. And it goes on and talks about how we're able to um, extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. How many know the devil does not play um, fair, but he plays dirty? And he's constantly throwing darts at us. Spiritual darts are being thrown at us every single day. Um, I don't know about you, but I have... Over the last decade, I have had challenges sleeping at night, and the devil has come to me and, and really tried to destroy my sleep pattern. And so what, what I do is, if I'm not listening to scriptures from the Dwell app that you should take advantage of, I'm listening to this guy from Brazil. His name is William Augusto, and he plays instrumental music, soaking music, and, and I play it at night, and it helps me to go to sleep. How many know that we see from the scriptures how Saul um, would get David to play instruments unto the Lord, and it would, it would, it would keep the devils away, the little imps away, and, and, and how sometimes you have to bring the presence of God in your house. You have to be careful what you bring into your house, music-wise, the shows we watch, um, and different things, and, 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 and words that we speak. So we, we, we want to create an atmosphere um, so that we can think right and sleep right. How I many know sleep is so important, and we need at least seven hours of sleep? I mean, you really can't function. I know some people like want to brag. They can function off of six hours. And I know there's, they're constantly looking at research or they're looking at the different ways of what does the body need every week. But there's somewhere you need to sleep sometime, right? And you need to sleep every day if you can. Uh, God never designed us to be on the go all the time. And so you don't want the enemy to attack you in your sleep. And throughout the day, you may, um, the other day I, I, I had um, uh, just the spirit of anxiety try to attack me. And I just started laughing. I was like, you stupid. I bind you in Jesus' name. Get out of here. And, and I went on by my day. And, and there are times that the enemy, he just wants to take advantage of, of us. Going back to developing this generational faith, we are in a battle for our children. The world, sin, and the devil want our children. The world, the sin, and the world, sin, and the devil. Think about the agenda of, 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 of the world 
And there's all types of, of agendas out there, and they're pushing it. They, they want to get our kids addicted to, to games. They want to get our kids addicted to a particular show. Um, they want to get our kids using profanity at a young age. There's different things going on with our children, and we need to pay attention to it. We, want, we must be intentional and have wisdom to successfully pass the faith to our children. How do we do this? How do we pass this faith? We believe in Jesus. We believe in God the Father. We believe in God the Holy Spirit. We believe that God sent Jesus to die for our sins. We believe there's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. We believe in the afterlife. We believe in the judgment seat of Christ. We believe in the white throne judgment seat. We believe that the devil will be thrown into the bottomless pit for all eternity. We believe that Christ is going to reign on the earth. He's coming back on a white horse with all 10,000s of his saints, which means endless of his saints, riding. I'll be riding with him. And I'm trying to get a bunch of all of y'all to ride with me, with him. Amen. Our mission statement is to prepare people for eternity. <laughs> There's an eternity that awaits us. One day we're going to be, you know, going about our business and we're going to be doing our thing. And then we're going to just slip right over in there. Our life is really short. We don't have a lot of time. And we don't have a lot of time with our children. We got to be intentional. They'll grow. I was talking to Lachey at a trade the other day. And, and literally, the kids are growing up real fast. I mean, you blink and you're like, wait a minute. They told me when I first had my kid, my first son, you're going to blink, he's going to be in college. You're going to blink, he's going to be married. Blink, he's going to have babies. You're going to blink, he'll be in his career. But you're I'm like, wait, wait, wait a minute. Can we stop the blink a little bit? <laughs> I need to get the wisdom. No one gave us a manual for, for parenting, but God did. But God did. Amen. I'm sorry. I got excited. I was supposed to get excited in the middle of the sermon. <laughs> um, the, there's a war going on. Uh, uh, the devil, the world, and sin are, are, are fighting against our children. Uh, they, our children are worth fighting for. I believe that we should give our children the best education. Amen. <laughs> they should be in the best schools. They should be learning Latin at a young age. But if you can't afford it <laughs> right now, then you got to put them where you got to put them, all right? I can't afford that wonderful school that teaches the kids Latin right now. But they're in a Christian school. <laughs> That's where I'm at. That's where my faith is. <laughs> and so right now, we got to own their education. So whatever is lacking in their education, we make up the difference. Amen. I saw, I saw parents do this. I saw parents begin to take ownership of their children's education. Let's supplement what you're not getting. Let's work the teachers. Sorry, teachers. Let's work them. Let's ask questions. Let's show up to the parent teaching conference. Come on. Not enough of us are showing up. I'm talking to somebody. <laughs> um, but we, we are in a battle for our children. And this war is not going to be won by ignoring our children. Ephesians 6 tells us about this war, this battle, and our armor that is needed. The armor really starts in Ephesians 5, where Paul tells this church to stop lying. We got too many lying Christians. <laughs> they lie all the time. They lie on the income tax. <laughs> they lie to their parents. They lie on the job. Lying Christians. Maybe I need to preach about lying Christians. Reason why some Christians don't have power, they lie too much. 
They lie, you know what I'm saying? They, they, they lie, and they, then they want to go bind the devil, and then God's like, I want to bind that mouth. <laughs> um, and then we got Ephesians 5 talks about work and, and how the husband's supposed to treat their wife, and the wife treats their husband, and parents, and how they relate to their children, and their children to, their, to, to them, how employers and employees should relate to each other. This is all in Ephesians 5, and it goes into Ephesians 6, and this is all part of the armor. A lot of times people start immediately where it begins the breastplate of righteousness. But it actually starts with not lying. It starts with protecting the unity of the faith. It starts about being equipped for the call. In Ephesians 4.11 about the, the five-fold ministries. That, that's what really starts. And then it, it spills over into um, the home life. And, and how many know you really want to bind the devil and, and take authority over him? You got to have your home in order. If home is not in order... We, we, what, what are we doing? And God does not call a man or a woman whose house is out of order. You may be called. See, a lot of times people are like, I'm called. He calls them unqualified, but he doesn't allow them to stay unqualified. He qualifies them so they can serve. Sometimes people, they focus on being unqualified. Oh, I'm unqualified. And it's like a free-for-all. They just do whatever they want to do. But how many know that home is the breeding ground for Christianity? Work is the breeding ground for Christianity. And God is quick to call a person who is faithful at home and faithful on their job more so than a person who's praying eight hours a day. <laughs> Sometimes we think by doing these spiritual disciplines, it qualifies us. But as you read 1 Timothy chapter 3, it doesn't say anything about praying or reading the word. All of it is natural. If natural is out of order, spiritual is out of order. That went over really well. <laughs> if you and I raise our children according to the instructions of the Lord, we'll be raising a triple threat. Got a friend of mine who's going to be singing on the 19th. She has a voice like C.C. Winans. She's coming from Philly. And, and, and we were catching up and we were talking about how uh, we were talking about our children. And she was saying that her, her daughter is a triple threat. She can sing, she can dance, and she can act. I said, wow. <laughs> and as I was thinking about that, I was thinking about raising children, how we can raise our children to be a triple threat to the devil. One is to teach them to know God. Two, to teach, teach, teach them who they are. So many people don't know who they are. They're confused. They're just wondering. They're, they're, they're what we talked about a few weeks of va vagabond. They're wondering out there. They don't know who they are. Every day I have um, the kids confess who they are. I know who I am. I know who I am. I magnify who I am. I walk in, and John Calvin put it like this, to know God is to know oneself. To know oneself is to know God. It is interchangeable. You cannot know God without knowing yourself, and you cannot know yourself without knowing God. So as you know God, you'll know yourself. As you know yourself, you'll know God, because everything points back to him. To know God is to know oneself. To know oneself is to know God. God brings definition to us. He brings identity. So many people have father issues. But guess what? You have a heavenly father. Amen. And he affirms us. He validates us. There's a book that I'm reading called Practicing Affirmation. And how as parents, we need to affirm our children. I'm proud of you. 
I love you. Come on. We, we need to release those words and plant those seeds and water those seeds. I love you. I affirm you. You are. And the other day, um, I forget something happened and I walked in Destin's room. I said, you are a man of God and you will not do that. And, <laughs> and it was like, yeah. Do you believe that? <laughs> he had no choice, right? <laughs> I didn't have a belt or anything. <laughs> um, th triple threat. Know God, know who they are, and they will make a God difference in this world. They'll make a God difference in this world. They'll add value to this world. Every day I have them confess, I'm a world changer. I'm a history maker, and I'm making a positive impact in this world. Amen. I, you know, I, for a while I was going to say make a difference in the world, but there are negative people who make a difference in this world. Hitler made a difference in this world. Trump made a difference in this world. <laughs> negative, right? Negative. Negative. There's people who are making negative differences in this world, and we want to make a positive. All right, go, go with me, Proverbs 22. That was my intro. And Lord knows I'm probably not going to get finished with this. Jesus, y'all pray for me. Y'all praying for me? Yes. Believe in God? So how many know that when our parents are aging, we need to minister to them? Yeah. Amen. It's, it's what we owe to them. You know what I'm saying? We, um, the word honor actually means to financially do something for them. <laughs> it's not say I honor you. <laughs> no, if you honor your parents, you will financially do something for them. <laughs> come on. So you got to believe in prosperity. You got to come up financially so you can do something for your parents. Amen. Amen. As they age, we, we, we want to be a blessing. We want to add value. They, they sacrificed the 18 years, and some of us owe beyond that. <laughs> and we, we need to pay back. We need to honor them and, 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 and do something really good. Buy them a house. Come on. Come on. Let's get, let's get a vision. Uh, have them move in with you. Jesus is Lord. <laughs> Amen. That went over pretty well, I'm going to say. <laughs> Praise God. Proverbs 22. Uh, we, we, we shared this last week as, as we had a wonderful baby shower. Wasn't it a wonderful baby shower? Oh, glory to God. It's just wonderful. Proverbs 22, verse 6, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he's old, he will not depart from it. And specifically, if you want to do in the context, it's talking about finances. It's talking about uh, uh, training them to be a lender, not a borrower. That's what it's talking about. But the word train in the Hebrew means to dedicate. Dedicate a child in the way that he should go. And how many know we need to train, equip, dedicate our children to the Lord in the way that they should go? Train them to reign in life through Christ. Train them to resist fear. Train them in faith. Let me give you a story about fear real quick. Real quick, you know I got a lot of stories. And so here, the, last night, just last night, um, the, well, the doctor diagnosed Declan with all these allergies of milk and eggs and soy milk and nuts and da, 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 the list goes on. And so uh, we do, you know, we're doing everything, we take him to the allergist, so forth. And so we confessed and believed God for him to get delivered from soy milk. And so, um, so he, you know, he's able to drink soy milk. So the other day, last night actually, he accidentally took um, Destin's cup of milk and drunk it. 
And Destin came and freaking out. Oh, oh, he, he drank my milk. I said, calm down now. I said, we don't, respond, we don't react to fear. We respond to it in faith. He's okay. Because the love of God drives out fear. And so we're perfected in that love. Do you understand? So calm down. Thank you for letting me know. Let's go look at him. Let's wash his mouth out and let's get it going. And no response. There was no reaction. He drunk some, some cow's milk. <laughs> and he's been allergic since he was a baby. But, but how many know fear is the door for the devil? And so we, we responded in, in faith. I, I, I praised him for telling me we don't want to, you know, don't just so, don't say nothing. <laughs> but uh, thank you. We did the, we washed his mouth and we observed him for the next couple of hours. But how many know that responding in fear will just give place? It makes things worse. Oh, oh, oh don't freak out. It's, it's okay. The Lord is good. We're going to get through this. We, we, we have faith for a reason to overcome. And we can call 911. I mean, we got the EpiPen. We, everything's on deck. <laughs> so we need, if we need the natural, we'll, do, we'll go there. Thank you. Please come to me, but don't respond that way. That's fear. How many know that's the difference? You know, uh, uh, please tell me. Don't, don't leave me in the dark. He's okay. That's foolishness. <laughs> Sometimes people are operating in foolishness or presumptions. They're not out of faith. I mean, we, how many, we need to respond out of faith. Training your children in faith and not fear. Training them in salvation. Training them to work in the world and in the kingdom of God. Training them to love God and love people. Now, I'm not going to go into details to all of this. 1 Corinthians 12, verses 8 through 11 talks about the gifts of the Spirit. How many know the gifts of the Spirit? What are the nine gifts of the Spirit? Just yell them out to me. Somebody want to correct Sister Benita is anointed. <laughs> she thought I said fruit of the Spirit, but the gifts of the Spirit. The gifts of the Spirit. What are the nine gifts of the Spirit? The nine gifts of the Spirit. Not, not, not offices. Not offices of the Spirit. Word of wisdom. Word of knowledge. Interpretation of tongues. Discerning of spirits. Workings of miracles. Gifts of healings, gift of faith, and <laughs> so you have the nine gifts of the Spirit, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, discerning of spirits, tongues and interpretation, um, prophecy, miracles, healing, and faith. Nine gifts of the Spirit. You need to know the nine gifts of the Spirit. So your homework for next week is 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Study it. And we may give you $100 if you know them by heart. <clears throat> you never know. <clears throat> Let's see the Lord move on your heart. <laughs> uh, <laughs> memorize the nine gifts of the Spirit. Now, I'm not going to be able to get into all of it because my time's just slipping away. Um, but I want to talk about, we're talking about developing generational faith. How do we operate in the gifts and raising our children? God wants us to operate in the gifts of the Spirit while raising our children. The gifts of the Spirit are not, only, are not allocated for church services only. You should operate in the gifts of the Spirit at home. You should operate in the gifts of the Spirit at your job and in your community. These gifts are available to you. Amen? 
You should be coveting these gifts. You should be praying for these gifts. Specifically, you should pray for the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge and the discerning of spirits as it relates to your children. Let's, let's give you a, um, some definition. The word of knowledge is the supernatural revelation by the Holy Spirit of certain facts in the mind of God. It's the supernatural revelation by the Holy Spirit of certain facts in the mind of God. I'm going to paraphrase it. It's, it's God's divine insight into something either past or present. God can give you a word of knowledge. In other words, a piece of knowledge as it relates to your children. He can give you a piece of knowledge. Something that is going on with your children, God can supernaturally give you insight. He can give you a dream. Sometimes the word of knowledge is manifested in dreams. He can give you a prophecy. He can give you a, a just a prompting of the spirit. Word of knowledge. You should, you should be seeking God for this. This should be on your prayer list. Word of knowledge. You should covet the word of knowledge. You, as a pastor, I pray for the word of knowledge to pastor the people. Because I need to know. Sometimes I'll know stuff before it happens. I, oh, I know what's going on. I may be saving, and I say, Courtney, such and such is going on with this person. Well, how do you know? No, you don't. Listen, I don't have no evidence. I got the Holy Ghost. <laughs> and then she's turn around and do the same thing. Hey, doing her hair. Something's going on with so and so. Like, how do you know? Because the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Miss Prophetess. <laughs> we have these battles. Um, but you should have the word of knowledge operating as it relates to your children. You need to know what's going on in their life spiritually. And then the word of wisdom has to do with mainly the future. It's a supernatural revelation by the Holy Spirit concerning the divine purpose in the mind and will of God. Supernatural revelation by the Spirit concerning the divine purpose in the mind and will of God. God's wisdom concerning his will. God's will for your children dealing with the future. As a pastor, this gift operates probably out of all nine gifts of the Spirit. This particular gift operates with me stronger than any other gift. I can be sitting down talking to somebody, and mainly it doesn't operate in, a lot of times in services, but it operates when I'm talking to an individual on one-on-one. And I, all of a sudden, I'll just have something fall upon me from heaven, which is the word of wisdom, and I'll know what to say and how to say it to dealing with that situation. They will explain to me the complexity, whatever's going on, some type of thing. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, not out of nowhere, but out of heaven comes this word of knowledge. And I'll see clearly what to do. And I'll explain to them. Now, that doesn't mean I go around and say, the Lord said to tell you this. No, because you don't always have to say the Lord. Most of the prophecies I give, I don't even, you won't even know it's a prophecy unless you just think about it a little bit. I might just be having a conversation, and I, I see things, and I'll just prophesy, and, and, but I'm not saying, thus says the Lord. I think we have limited prophecy to that. We've limited the gifts of the Spirit to be something deep. Oh, what God has said. God speaks to you if you'll pray. If you just pray long enough, he'll speak to you. He'll show you things to come. 
He'll, he'll give you visions and dreams. He'll, speak, he'll, he'll tell you what's going on in your job. He'll tell you who's talking about you. He'll, I mean, I was at Budweiser, and, and I'm telling you, the Spirit of God gave me a word of knowledge concerning the men who are plotting against me with racism. And I saw it as clear as day. He says, prepare your heart. You're about to get demoted in this area. And I got demoted a couple weeks after that. I saw it as clear as day. And sometimes you'll just get it. And it won't be deep. It's like, oh, it could be so subtle that you can miss it. That's how the gifts of the Spirit. You need to seek God for the word of wisdom concerning your children. You'll know. I shared this last, a couple weeks ago. There was a young man when I was a youth pastor. And I, I mean, he's married now. He's out in the Midwest. But I saw him as a 12-year-old, as a 13-year-old. And immediately when the Lord showed, me, showed him to me in a dream, I saw him grow up just like that. He's 26 now. But I saw him at 13 when he was 26. And it's like I knew what was going to happen. And I needed to, to speak to certain things in his life. And now he's a faithful husband and a faithful father. And he's working. And he's providing. Come on. The word of wisdom can set your children up for the rest of their lives. These gifts are available for you now. You don't need the gifts of the Spirit in heaven. You need them now. You need to pray and seek God for these gifts now. You need to have a tongue, diverse kinds of tongues, in prophecy now. You need to speak a word of prophecy to your children now. Prophesy to your children. Speak over them, even if they're a baby. Speak. You will do the will of God. You will marry a godly woman or a godly man. You will raise godly children, and you will know who you are. You'll never be confused about your purpose. You'll, you'll not waste time. Time is more valuable than money. And I speak that you will not waste time. God will redeem your life from destruction. You'll know who's for you and you'll know who's, who's against you. Prophesy. Prophesy every day over your children. You'll live and not die. And the only time you'll be in the hospital is when you're having a baby or your spouse having a baby. Come on. Come on. Speak it now. And so th these gifts... I'm going to talk about this real quick. The discerning of spirits gives you insight into the spirit world. What, what spirit is at work with or in your children's lives? What's going on in their lives, spiritually speaking? Notice it says discerning of spirits, not discerning, discerning of devils. We allocate that gift only to devils. I see a devil. Just open your eyes and look at television. You'll see the devil. <laughs> Just go on a job. You'll see the devil. <laughs> it, it doesn't take Stephen Wonder. You know, like you, it, Stephen Wonder could see the devil at work. It, it, it really, you don't have to be super dumb. And so, sometimes people have allocated the discerning of devils. That's a spirit of Jezebel. That's a spirit. No, it, you don't have to, no, not, not that deep. Sometimes it's the Spirit of God. God gives you insight into a person's life where the Spirit of God is working. And you need to discern the Spirit of God working in your children's life. Amen. The gift of faith um, is a supernatural endowment by the Spirit whereby what you utter or des desire by um, a person and, spoke, and spoken by God shall eventually come to pass. And, and, and that gift of faith 
Sometimes that, that has happened for, to me where that gift of faith will come upon me and I just, I just have beyond just my faith and believing in the word, but I have faith for something miraculous. I, I remembering the time I was going to Uganda and I had no money towards the trip. And within a weekend, I received over $3,000 just like that and had to tell people to stop giving. What preacher you know is telling people to stop giving? <laughs> Just like that, I was like, stop it. I don't have, I have more than a buy a souvenir for your children. Okay. <laughs> and I was able to go in and, and one person sent me $500 extra to give to the pastor who was hosting me. <laughs> you talking about that? That's, that was a gift of faith. I knew I was going, did not have my passport until two days before I left. Went to Philadelphia and was like, sorry, sir. I said, I believe God. I know you got a ticket for, I know you can pass this in Jesus' name. <laughs> sorry, sir, you can speak all that you want to. You're not going on this trip. The devil is a liar. So you come back in five hours. <laughs> and I went to um, a restaurant, came back, and they had my passport ready. That's the gift of faith. You can't do that every time. <laughs> It takes the so you need to have this gift of faith. All right, we're gonna stop with the gifts right now. But if you go, there's three categories of all nine of the gifts. There's, there's the inspirational gifts, there's the power gifts, and there's the revelation gifts. The inspiration gifts, they these gifts say something. So, word of um, tongue, diverse kinds of tongues, prophecy, and interpretation of tongues. These these are considered the inspirational gifts. The power gifts, they, these gifts do something. The working of miracles, the gift of faith, <clears throat> and the gifts of healings. And then the revelation gifts. These gifts reveal something. Discerning of spirits, word of wisdom, and word of knowledge. You need to seek these gifts to be in your life as you raise your children or influence your grandchildren or your aunts, I mean your cousins and your your nephews and nieces, you need these gifts in operation. You need to know what's going on with your children. All right, last week we talked about the four pillars, PD's four pillars of wisdom. One was how to believe, how to think, how to live, and how to love. Go back and listen to last week's sermon, how to believe, how to think, how to live, and how to love. The four pillars of wisdom. We are to teach our children those four th th things, how to believe, how to think, how to live, and how to love. Now, if you, if you go with me, go with me to Deuteronomy chapter 6, as our time comes to an end. Deuteronomy chapter 6, we're talking about developing generational faith. Deuteronomy chapter 6, and let's look at verses 1 through, seven, one through 8 real quick. Are you, are you getting anything out of this? Amen. How many more? You're interested into the gifts of the Spirit more. Cry out to God until he gives it to you. You need to give the prophecy. As, as, as a woman or man of God, you need to prophesy. The Bible says we should all prophesy one by one. The simple gift of prophecy is amazing. It will lift up a child's spirit. Come, and that doesn't mean you're talking about you're going to do this, you're going to do that. It's just simply speaking from the spirit in a way that will lift their spirit up. When they're depressed, you go and speak a word of prophecy and lift them up out of the depression. When they're discouraged, that, that spirit of prophecy will come and encourage them. Come on. I'm preaching better than y'all saying amen. I'm telling you, the gift of prophecy is designed for mothers and fathers to prophesy to their children. And if you're single, prophesy to yourself. 
and, and pray. You, you, you start praying, oh, Father God, I come before you in Jesus' name. And all of a sudden, the spirit of prophecy will come, and it'll exhort you and encourage you. It'll lift you up right out of that depression into the peace of God. Amen. Open your mouth and prophesy to the dry bones. Prophesy to the dead situations in your home. Amen. How do I know you believe this? Is when you do it. When you come back with testimonies. I encourage you to pray starting now like never before for the gifts to be in operation. They're here for us. You won't need them when you die. I need these gifts now. I need the gifts of the Spirit now. I need the gift of faith now. I need to work in the miracles now. I need to believe for the impossible now. I need to know what's going on right now. God, husbands and wives, God will give you supernatural dreams about your spouses and tell you what they're doing. Come on. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I believe that every person who ever was cheated on, I'm talking about covenant. I'm not talking about somebody dating. I'm talking about covenant. And sometimes dating, that's overflow. But you, you, you married to somebody, and, and, and all of a sudden, you get a dream. And you dream about them cheating. Perhaps that's the Spirit of God showing you what's happening. We ignore that. And some people say, I, just, I didn't have a clue. You didn't listen to God. That's a hard pill to take. But the truth is, God will ever, always prepare you for what is to come. Good, bad, and ugly. Sometimes he'll prepare, show you the ugly stuff, and sometimes you can change it through prayer. Other times you can't. You have to prepare for what is to come, something negative. I'll never forget, I knew in my heart my, my, the days of my grandmother was short. So I called her every week for a year and a half. And I'm telling you, I knew that day was going to come when I was going to get a call that she was going to be gone. I cannot change it through my prayers. There were certain laws already in operation that I cannot intervene. And I'm telling you, the Spirit of God will show you what to come. He'll prepare you for the future. Amen. He'll let you know when you're about to get laid off. Well, what about this pandemic? Did God speak to somebody? He spoke to somebody. I'm not saying me. He didn't, I, didn't, I, I didn't hear a word. I didn't know this thing was coming. <laughs> I just knew we needed to pray and fast. <laughs> but I say this every year, so it wasn't like anything special. <laughs> and in this upcoming year, we, you know, last year we did 40 days of fasting and prayer. Uh, we, we're going to do something different. We're going to take a whole week every quarter and fast. Nothing but water. <laughs> okay, let me, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 1. <laughs> All right, here we go. <laughs> Praise God. Thank you, Jackie. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 1 through 8. It says, now this is the commandment and the statutes and the rules that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you, that you do them in the land to which you are going over to possess, that you may fear the Lord your God, you in your what? Son, in your what? So you got, you got the parents and you got the grandparents. By keeping all his statutes and his commandments, which I command you all the days of your life, that your days may be long. God wants you to live long, right? Hear therefore, all Israel, be careful to do them, that it may be well with you, so that you may multiply greatly 
as the Lord, the God of your fathers, has promised you in a land flowing with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. God does not want you to love him partly. He doesn't want a part-time lover. He wants a lover who is committed to the end. Uh, and these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your what? House. When you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as, as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your what? All right, so that lets us know what God ex expects. Let's take a look at this, and I'm going to let you go. We'll have to do part two next week. Actually, this is part three. Um, God commanded Moses. Well, first, we see that God thinks in generations. He's the God of Abraham, God of Isaac, God of Jacob. He is a generational God. Our faith is a generational faith. It does not stay with you. If your faith stays with you, you have failed as a Christian. Your faith is meant to be passed on. Whether you have children or not, you're supposed to pass this faith to somebody. A, a diligent Christian will pass the faith to as many people as possible. Amen? We, we, Jesus is too good for us to have him by ourselves. Heaven is too wonderful for us to go there by ourselves. The devil is too bad for people to stay under his rulership. We are to pass this faith. Look for ways. This is the whole series, spiritual appraisal. Look for ways to pass the faith on to somebody else, to add value. So, so we know that God is a generational God. He thinks in generations. He's constantly thinking about after you. So our little time is but a vapor. We're here today and going tomorrow. A vapor of smoke is quick. I mean, you, it's just, oh, what happened? The average person lives to be, what, 70 years old, I think, 72, 73. That's not a long time as it compares to eternity. you got a little less, less than a, a, a century, right? A little over a century to do the will of God and be effective. That's not a long time. Most Christians will not live to be 120, though PD is claiming to be. <laughs> but most of us will not live to be 120. And if we do right by our bodies, we might live to be 100. If we do right, I mean, I, granted, there was a lady, she was 110, and she was like, what's your secret to your success? Well, I stopped smoking at 95. I was like, oh, snap. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> that goes out the theory. <laughs> not, not encouraging y'all to smoke. You don't need to smoke. Stay away from marijuana. <clears throat> I don't care how Ill illegal it is. It kills brain cells, and you don't know what they're putting in it. You get the wrong lace. How you know, PD? Because I worked with teenagers, <laughs> and, and I, I can smell marijuana a mile away. My aunts and uncles, they, they used to smoke it, and I, I smelled it. Wait, wait a minute. What, what does this smell? And I had one brother break it down, the different smell. The skunk smell is from this, and I mean, just broke it down. I was like, thank you, pocket. Skills in the, because when I smell it, I, I can smell it a mile away. God doesn't want you to smoke marijuana. 
It, it, it destroys your body. I mean, cousin, I told my cousin this. I said, it destroys your sperm, your sperm cell, your sperms. He's like, well, I got eight kids. <laughs> they need to be destroyed. I was like, okay. That was a horrible way to evangelize. I was trying to. <laughs> All right. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 6 tells us to be intentional with our family worship. So God commanded Moses to teach the people of God these commandments. It is still a command from the Lord. Okay, so here, here we go. So I'm going to list these seven things that... Moses was commanded by God to share with the people. And I'm commanded as an under-shepherd of this house to share with you. One is to fear the Lord through your obedience to his word. Fear the Lord. You and I need to fear the Lord. If we're going to make an impact, develop generational faith, we need to fear the Lord. For those who are born in a Christian family, you can remember mom and dad fearing the Lord. Am I correct? Come on. There are certain things you did not do. I know growing up, I grew up in an AME church, and there was a table called In Remembrance of Me. You better not touch that table. You better not move it. I mean, it was like the fear of God was going to hit you. In Remembrance of Me. I was like, Jesus. But, but, but you, get some, you, you understand some things. There are certain things we should not do. There, certain, there should be a fear of God, a healthy fear of God, a reverence and a respect for God. Um, we're talking to the kids, raising the kids. Uh, we, don't do, we don't say certain things, you know, because we, we, you know, we don't say God damn. Uh, because that, what that does, that, that is saying that God is damning something. You, you're taking the name of the Lord and you're using in a way that is, is, is vain. We don't say Jesus Christ. No, you're using his name in vain. And you don't prophesy in his name in vain. You don't say the Lord said when you know it's not the Lord because you had some thoughts. Be very That's the, using the name of the Lord in vain. We don't, we don't do that. We, we, we need to have a fear of God. And the other day, Declan took the Bible and threw it across the room. I said, we don't do that here. You would get a spanking here because that is irreverence to the word. You, we, don't throw away, we don't throw books like that, but we especially don't throw the Bible. You throw everything else, but not the Bible. But you really can't. He can't throw everything else. Leave that Will Smith book alone. <laughs> All right, y'all, y'all got in flesh. Sorry. Uh, uh, we, we, but but you, you have to develop a fear. I'm not endorsing Will Smith, by the way, because there's some stuff that's like horrible, all right? Um, there's some theology that's twisted. So when I mention a secular book, that doesn't mean go out and buy it because I don't want you to do, get, take everything that's in it as the truth. It may be some, some, some natural truths, but we, we look at it through the lens of the gospel. Amen. That's a disclaimer. <laughs> so if I mention a secular book, doesn't mean that I agree with everything, open marriages and all that stuff, entanglement. No, we don't agree with that, those things, right? <laughs> we, 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 marriage is sacred. So because we fear God, we honor the marriage covenant. Come on. <laughs> we honor the marriage covenant. We, we don't break covenant. This is for life. <laughs> to death do us part. I love you to life, to the fact that I'm committed. I, 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 I will overlook all these beautiful women to come home to you every day. Come on, man. Man of God, come on. We fear God, and we honor our covenant. We honor our commitment. Amen. Um, the next one is be careful to do the commands. Be careful. Be careful. Pay, pay attention to the commands to do them. And then the next one, number three, is to love the Lord your God with all your being. Love him with all your being. We don't, we are not, again, we're not part-time lovers. 
we're not part-time lovers. We are, we are committed. We're fully committed to the Lord. What does that mean to love the Lord? Sometimes people say, I love the Lord. You know, what does that mean to love the Lord? To love the Lord is to obey the Lord. You love him by your life. And you know, there's a song by Brian Duncan called, I love you with my life. Most of y'all don't know who he is. Look him up. Brian Duncan did a song called, love you with my life. I love you with my life. May my life bring you glory. Amen. Amen. Number four, the word should be on your heart. He says this in Deuteronomy 6, 1 through 8. The word should be on your heart. Parents, aunties, uncles, <laughs> uh, father figures, mother figures, big sisters, big brothers. The word should be on your heart. Psalm 119 verse 11. I've hid your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. I need to memorize all the Bible. I need to be reading the Bible as much as possible because I, I don't want to sin against him. The more the word working in me, the more I'll have a foundation, the more I won't sin against God. <clears throat> the Bible, reading the Bible reminds me that God exists. We got a lot of stuff that's telling us that God doesn't exist. But reading the Bible reminds me there is a God. I need to read the narrative story at least once a year. I need to know that he created Adam and Eve. I need to know he created the garden. I need to know he created man to work and name the animals. Come on. He's an intelligent God and gave us the ability to name things. I, I need to understand the cosmos and how he spoke and, and, and angels and wisdom responded and caused things to come about. I need to read Proverbs 8 about the wisdom of God who was God's daily delight. God delights in wisdom. He's, wisdom is jumping up and down. Hey, whatever you ask, I'll do just like the woman from coming to America, whatever you like. <laughs> I mean, I need to be reminded as I read the story of Mary and Joseph. Come on. That, that re reading the Bible is for our benefit, and it helps me not to sin against God. It reminds me of his covenant. It reminds me of who he is. I cannot know God through reading Will Smith's book. I cannot know God through looking at Apple TV and BMF. I can't know God by looking at the Sopranos. I have to know God through his word. I, that's the only way. I can't, listen, I can't just listen to the wonderful praise and worship and know him. I got to know his words. Because the word is going to keep me. It's the word. He didn't come with a song. He came with a word. God came with the word. And then the song is so powerful because it has the word in it. Number five, you got to teach God's word to your children all the time. In the car, at the home, in the morning, in the evening, talk to them. Have family worship. Have an informal time and a formal time. Destin is learning pro reading Proverbs every day. He says, hey, another month again? Yeah, every day you're going to read Proverbs for the rest of your life. <laughs> I'm training them to love Proverbs. And so the other day we were sitting in the classroom. We have a little classroom at the house. Sitting in the classroom. He's explaining Proverbs. So well, what do you think this means? He's going on. And, and, and we're going around the house right before dinner. We're talking about Proverbs. That's the way you're supposed to do your children because you're training them. You're teaching them. It's not just let me go and get a classroom, right, or time of prayer, but all the time. You're teaching without, when, when you don't even know you're teaching, when they hear you pray. On the average, listen to this. I got two more points. On the average, 
children ages 8 through 12 in the United States spend four to six hours a day watching or using screens. Teens spend up to nine hours a day on the screen or watching television. If they can spend that amount of time watching and using the screen, then we have no excuse not to put the word of God in them. We have 18 years to make a God impression on our children. Do you think that they're getting anything good instilled in them by watching these devices and movies or shows? <laughs> How much more should we spend time instilling the word of God in our kids? The faith will not be passed down to our children if we don't spend time pouring the word of God into our children. Brand the, brand the word of God on their hearts and in their minds. Mark your children for God. Let me say that again. Mark your children for God. How do you mark them? With the blood of Jesus. What happened with those who, who, who the blood of Jesus, the blood of the lamb? What happened? The death angel passed over. So mark them with the blood of Jesus. I, I plead the blood of Jesus over you as you go throughout your day. Things may happen around the school. It might be even a, a shootout, but it won't come nigh you. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. I mark you for God. I set you apart for God. You don't even know what sex is, but I set you apart sexually for God. I set your family apart for the glory of God. Come on. We have that much authority. If we can't evangelize, listen, I can have a great impact as a pastor, as a minister of the gospel. How much more are our mama children? We should, Jesus, uh, we, we see that uh, Mary had an impact on Jesus. And Timothy's mom and grandmother had an impact on him. So mark your children with the blood of Jesus and the word of God. Leave an everlasting, listen to this. The Lord gave me this. Leave an everlasting stain of his presence on their lives. Leave an everlasting stain of the presence of God on their lives. Let that sink in. If a kid can be molested or have negative words spoken to them and those things can forever scar a kid, how much more than the presence of God? How much more than the word of God and the prayers of their parents? You can leave a ever, you can etch an everlasting stain on your kids through the prayers and your life and through your words, through your teaching, through your worship. We have a short amount of time to make an impression. And once you make that impression, just like cement, it stays there. Let's make a mark. God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, prayer, church, tithing, giving offerings. And still, that's how you pass the faith down. Number six, bind the word in your kids. And, on your, and in you, bind the word of God, put up scriptures, make it, make it, make, let them see that it's, it's, you can have fun and still serve God. Number seven, last but not least, have the word of God in your house. So play it on your screen, play it on Alexa, <laughs> play it on Siri and all the Bluetooth devices. Every opportunity, 
purchase Perflex and Yepies and other Christian streaming services that might be corny, but it's not, it's not worth losing your children over. <laughs> Put them corny videos on, because them corny videos will make a, because it's the word, it's not the, not the production, it's the word in those corny videos that will make an everlasting imprint. Because you have, uh, you know, sometimes we have other things playing in our houses. And, I, and again, it's okay to have fun and, 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 you know, not be, you know, oh, Jesus, 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 Jesus. But, but you, can, you can have, purposely have something going on. Having something going throughout the day. Having something, praise and worship. You may listen to Bruno, clean version, and then you may end up listening to Donnie McClurkin. Come on. I mean, you know what I'm saying? You, you have, let them see Christ in all of life. Let, let them see the husband rubbing the, the wife's feet in the presence of Almighty God. Come on. This is how you treat a woman. This is how you open the door. Come on. Come on. Come on. We, 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 have, we have an opportunity. Let's seize the opportunity. Let's seize the moment. This is our time. This is our moment. We won't have a time like this again because once they're 18, they can go off to college. Then it's, it's, it's testing time for them. It's an opportunity to put into practice what you put inside them. Build, get, you got the building materials with the word of God to put in your children. Put the word of God in your children. You have an opportunity. Put something in them. Some people don't have much in them. Put something in your kids. Put the values. Put great philosophies. Put when I say philosophy, like you know, I'm not talking about like you know. Um, you know what I'm trying to say. But put, put something, biblical truths, biblical values. Put something in them to be people of their word, to be holy people, to, 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 to know how to honor God with their life. Come on. All right. All right. Father, I thank you. Close your eyes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. This is a battle for our children. We gotta, we gotta win this battle. And I'm not saying if you, you might have had kids and, and you might not have done things right, but you can teach them how to repent by repenting before them. Uh, you can, you, you can still make it right as their parents. They might be older than 18. <laughs> Your prayers still have an effect. God does something. There's something about the bloodline that God honors. I don't have authority over everybody's kid, but I have authority over mine. Come on. I, 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 my, my prayers do, has a greater effect in some sense on my children than on my friends. Glory to God. Make a decision this day to develop generational faith along with generational wealth. We'll have somebody come in or, or somebody here who speak about generational wealth and those things are important. You can get those things. But as a church, we want to make sure that we're, we're training you to develop generational faith. Come on, let's just spend some time in his presence. Thank you, Lord. Let, these, let, let what was spoken be etched in your heart. And may you feel the gravity of what it means to be a parent. May you feel the gravity of what it means to be an auntie, an uncle, 
what may you feel the gravity what 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 to be a big brother a big sister or or a big uh, a father figure a mother figure may you feel that gravity may you sense the responsibility may you sense the calling that you have the opportunity that you have to raise up godly kids to impact a generation to pass the faith down don't miss this opportunity don't be so caught up in your work that you neglect the real work, the work of the gospel in the hearts of your children. So I'm going to say, well, it is my work. It's my duty to provide. But not just physical things and financial things, but above all, spiritual things. Provide spiritual food for your children. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I sense that anointing coming right now. Just lift up your hands and receive that anointing to give you wisdom, that anointing for the gifts to flow, that anointing to transform your children. That, that anointing to destroy yokes, that which, you were in, that, that which you were in bondage to, your children shall not be. If, if you'll receive this, this anointing, you'll have what you need to make disciples for the next generation. Raise up godly men and godly women. Raise up godly husbands and godly wives and godly parents, and godly employers and godly employees. Raise up. I thank you, Father. I thank you. Generations of the faith, Father, may we have your wisdom to pass this faith down, Father. May we not miss this opportunity. May we not be so caught up in our shows that we neglect the, spirit, the family worship. Oh, God, may we, not, may we not be so tired that we don't pray with our children at night. May we not be so tired that we don't make the extra effort. It's worth it, y'all. It's worth it. It's worth, worth sacrificing. If it means that you don't have to have cable so you can buy a nice Bible for your children, do so. Do whatever it takes, spiritually speaking, to make sure they have the foundation they need so when they're old, they won't depart. That word will not depart from them. Oh, my kid, the hustle Lord and be teaching Lord and made the air. Oh, my kid, the old Sindin, the old Rebay, a nation, the old Rebay, a standard of holiness and a standard, oh God, thank you, that, that, that our children will stand upon our shoulders. They'll stand upon what you did in our lives. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Oh, Father, we worship you. Come on, people of God. Let's worship the Lord. We worship you, and we honor you, God. And we, we, we embrace your visitation. We embrace, embrace your habitation. We, we embrace your presence now. Oh, God, help us. Help us to help our children. Oh, help us. Father, help us. Help us. Oh, we need your help. We need the wisdom. We need, oh God, we need the wisdom. The world, the sin, and, and the devil, they want our children. But Lord, you have given us instruction. You have spoken through Moses, your prophet. Oh God, Deuteronomy 6. Oh God, you told us what to do. And God, if we'll do it, we'll have success. Not success as the world sees it, but success as you see it. Father, oh God, we have a short amount of time on the earth and even a shorter amount of time to raise these champions and raise these disciples. Oh God, help us. Help us, Holy Spirit. Help us, Father God. Help us, Jesus. Oh, Father, we need your help. We repent. 
too much TV, too much screen time, too, not enough interaction with our kids, not even listening to our kids, on the phone, quote unquote, ministering to somebody else. Forgive us, God. Forgive us, God. Help us. Call us back to family worship. Call us back to the things that matters the most, God. Oh, children, you, you have children on your mind. You, you think about children all the time. You told your Jesus, you told your disciples not to forbid the children, but let them come. Oh, God, we let them come. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. The presence of God is on you to give you the wisdom that is needed to raise your children up in the faith. And if your children are older, you got another opportunity with your grandchildren. <laughs> if you don't have any kids, you have an opportunity with your aunts, your nieces and nephews and cousins or people in the community. Oh, God, oh, God, I, I see it, Father. I see it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. That's all I have. Praise God. Amen. Amen. We're going to do this thing. Amen. We're going to do it. Amen. We're going to do it. We're going to raise up godly children for the glory of God. Amen. We're going to do this. Amen. We're going to do this. We're going to impact our children in a way that, that cannot be denied. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Come on, let's praise God for that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We praise you. Praise you. This is our time. This is our season to do this, God. God, I thank you, Father. I thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loves the church. That's, that's going to make an impression of your children. Wives, submit yourself to your, hus your own husbands as unto the Lord, as the church unto the Lord. That's going to make an impression. Employers, do right by your employees. Employees, do right by your employers. That's going to make an impression. Do right by your family members. Teach them to forgive. <laughs> Teach them to love. Teach them to think. Teach them to believe. Teach them to have joy. Come on. Glory to God. God has given us all things to enjoy. They need to see happy married people. <laughs> they don't need to see, oh, boy, here she is again. Really? I mean, the other day, I'm gonna, can I confess? I, the other day, I, my wife did something, and I, was, I rolled my eyes like, again? And my, my son saw me like, he started laughing. I said, I'm sorry, I apologize. I repent before you. She was asking, like, take out the trash or something. I'm like, I'm going to get to it. <laughs> but how I many know they need to see us repent, see us to make things right? Husbands, especially, you need to know, learn how to say, I'm sorry, I apologize. We don't say that enough, men of God. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Let's make it right. Let's make it right. Let's show them how to do this. The world is not teaching them how, how men should repent before their spouses. Wives, you need to learn how to submit to your husbands. Teach them how, how, it's, how it's done. This is how we do it. This is a favorite one of our favorite songs. I know it's talking about clubbing in um, central L.A., but Montel Jordan, got a, he got a word. This is how we do it. <laughs> So let's show the world how to do it. This is how you live life. This is how you serve God. This is how you live out the kingdom. 
This is how, this is what, that's a prophetic word. He was getting high, but homeboy is saved now, the minister, speaking tongues and all the great things, wrote book with his, his wife. But, but this, we got to show them how to do it. Amen. You can play that track right now. Just kidding. <laughs> Have a wonderful night, day. Spend some time with your children or some kids. Kids make the world go around. Amen. It's a beautiful thing. Children are beautiful. We don't hear this enough. They're not a disruption to my career. They're the reasons why I'm here, right? Like, we should love them. Love them well. Forgive them. They do something wrong. And I got one, one, one um, note, uh, one point is, is to love them well, regardless of their decisions. Just love them. Hey, I'm not going nowhere. I'm going to show you how God is. I love you through hell and back. I'll be here when you come back because you're coming back. I love you, and I'm not going anywhere. The decisions you make, I'm, I'm still here. I'm going to love you through it all. I'm going to tell you the truth, but I'm going to be here. Amen? All right, that's it. That concludes this week's message, and thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, you can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 519, Rancocas, New Jersey, 08073. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, contact us via email at partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to His Word. God bless you.